0: we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd like to invite you to take God's word and go with me this evening. To the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number six. Ephesians chapter number six. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse number ten. Ephesians chapter number six and verse number ten. And then uh, you may want to find your place in the book of Nehemiah, as we'll spend the rest of our evening uh, in Ephesians 6. Of course, we'll begin, but we'll spend the remainder of the evening in the book of Nehemiah. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, For all saints and for me that utterance may be given unto me that i may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel let's pray together father we thank you for this opportunity to come together around your word and i pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive your truth that you would strengthen us from it we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives we pray you'll teach us now through your spirit and your word help me as I preach fill me with thyself cleanse me I pray of my iniquities use me as a vessel to encourage your people in Jesus name amen verse number 18 is the key verse in this passage for our theme tonight praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints i want to speak to you on this subject tonight prevailing through prayer prevailing through prayer in ephesians chapter number six These verses that we have read, verses 10 through 19, are key verses in the Word of God to help us understand uh, the conflict that we are in. As believers, we are in a battle, a spiritual battle that rages. The Lord Jesus spoke to His disciples and said that if they were going to follow Him, that they would have to be prepared for conflict. And as disciples of Christ, we face conflict every day. There is a conflict within. That's the conflict that we face with our flesh that resists God. But there is another conflict that we face. It is a spiritual conflict, a war that is being waged against Christ and against his church in the spiritual realm. Sometimes we confuse that spiritual conflict uh, with a physical or a personal conflict. For example, there are people that we might look at and say, that's the enemy. But God has told us that those people are not the enemy. In fact, many times they are just simply tools that the enemy uses. And God's people need to be discerning that our conflict is not as the bible said with flesh and blood verse number 12 of this text for we wrestle not against flesh and blood sometimes we 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 try to strive in that arena sometimes we would we would like to just get a few blows in in that arena but that's wasted energy and that's a sinful action which god tells us that we are to refrain from we need to understand then that our true enemy is a spiritual enemy we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places satan Uh, that angelic being who rebelled against God and drew one-third of the angels away with him in his rebellion uh, strives against Christ and against his church in a spiritual conflict. And those angels that have followed him are part of that hierarchy, that structure that the Bible refers to as principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world spiritual wickedness and high places we need to understand we're in a conflict we're in a battle we're in a war that's why peter when he wrote in first peter chapter 4 said to the believers in first peter chapter 4 and verse 12 beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you you see when the fiery trials come or as they're referred to here in Ephesians the fiery darts of the wicked are flung at us oftentimes we are surprised oftentimes it catches us off guard it disturbs us it discourages us And because of that tendency that we have to be discouraged in the battle, the Apostle Paul writes and says to the church that we are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We do not possess personally the strength to overcome in this conflict. And as we learned this morning, we share in Christ's victory. We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. So the strength that Paul commands us to possess is not our strength. We do not have this ability within ourselves, but we look to Christ. We look to his strength and we look for his power and his might that he would enable us, as Paul said here in verse number 11, to stand against the wiles of the devil, not to cow down, not to cower, not to to sit and to stop and to cease but in the midst of the conflict to stand and may God help us in these hours in which we live that we would stand against the wiles of the devil his tactics the Bible tells us that we're not ignorant of his devices Satan uh, uses many weapons against us and we are to identify those as we go through life we learn them in verse number 13 the Lord tells us that as soldiers in this conflict that we should take unto ourselves the whole armor of God. God has provided armor for our protection. He says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. There are seasons where Satan's attacks seem to be more intense. And one season that we know uh, will increase the opposition is when God's people seek to advance. When God's people seek to move forward, we can we can anticipate the enemy's activity will increase. The evil days will come. If you resolve in the coming year that you're going to read through the Bible, which I think is the goal all of us ought to have, to spend time with God in His Word, to read through it, to begin to comprehend and understand the message of the Bible, we know that Satan will oppose us. If we determine to pray and make a prayer list and seek to organize our prayer time, to pray for our church family, to pray for our own family, our individual families, to pray for our church family, to pray for the leaders of our church, to pray for our missionaries, to pray for our ministries to pray for god's provision and, and and wisdom for the project that uh, take the next step with our building program you can be assured that as you resolve to pray the devil will resolve to fight against you you will provoke spiritual wickedness in high places they will come against you and so we can arm ourselves with the armor of god in the midst of that conflict he says in verse 14 stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth we need to know the truth of god's word satan works against us in the arena of our mind with thoughts he is the accuser of the brethren he portrays things in a dark and dismal light And so we need to know the truth of God's Word. We need to have on the breastplate of righteousness to protect us from the temptations and the snares of this world. Verse 15, The field of faith will enable us to quench the fiery darts of the wicked so that when they come, in faith we can resist them. We are to take the helmet of salvation And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We are to have the Word of God in our hands. It is a sword. It is a tool against the devil. When Satan came to Jesus to tempt him in the wilderness, Jesus took the sword in his hand. And he said to the devil, It is written. Three blows from the sword was all that the devil could withstand. So may God help us to take the sword of the Spirit. And then verse 18, he tells us to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. As we are engaged in this spiritual battle, we have armor, we have weapons, but one of the great things that God has given us is the opportunity to commune with God to speak to him at any moment, to call upon him for aid and for strength and for wisdom and discernment. And God will come to our rescue. And we find here that we are, as God's people, as soldiers in his army, we are to prevail in this battle through prayer. And I want to speak to you on that subject, prevailing through prayer. And I want us to go to the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. I invite you to turn there with me to Nehemiah chapter 2. And I want us to look tonight at six instances where Satan attacked. Six ways that Satan came against Nehemiah and the people of God. And six ways that he comes against the church. nehemiah if you will remember was building the walls it was the work that god had given him to do we know that this work was a work that was tried earlier some 13 years prior and was given up on but nehemiah has now come to jerusalem and rallied the men of jerusalem and he has begun the work and as he begins the work he immediately meets resistance now, we need to understand that prayer is really one of the great keys in the book of Nehemiah, in the life of Nehemiah, in his ministry. And uh, you know, if you've been here any length of time, that Nehemiah is sort of a handbook for ministry for your pastor. I, I'm i strengthened and encouraged by the examples given in the book of Nehemiah. When I came here, I first preached through the book of Nehemiah, perhaps Uh, Not the wisest choice on my end, uh, because I'd like another stab at it. And I've taken several little stabs, but uh, 15 years later, I think I'd be more prepared to preach it than I was then. But nevertheless, it was on my heart. And so I preached it. Over the last 15 years, in many ways, God has enabled me to, to learn to live through some of these things that are given to us in God's Word. And so, as we as a church endeavor to take the next step, as we endeavor to conduct the ministry that Christ has given to us in the midst of great spiritual opposition, we need to learn how to prevail through prayer. Now, Nehemiah's opportunity was open to him through prayer in chapter number 1. In chapter number 2, those obstacles... God removed as Nehemiah prayed. And then from the end of chapter 2 all the way through chapter number 6, we see that the opposition that Nehemiah and the people faced, they overcame through prayer. And so I want us to look at these forms of opposition and uh, learn something from them and how we, as we face opposition, Uh, can prevail, as did Nehemiah and the people of God, through prayer. I'd like for you to go with me to chapter 2 and verse 19. Nehemiah chapter number 2 and verse number 19. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, what did they hear? That Nehemiah had come to rally the people to build the wall. They heard the people say, With Nehemiah, we will rise up and build. When they heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem." So immediately, they are met with opposition. Now I'd like for you to go with me to chapter 4 and verse number 1. In chapter 4 and verse number 1, the plan that was communicated in chapter 2 is now being carried out in chapter 4. But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we built the wall, he was wroth. That means he was really mad, and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now, Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. So, work began. They're rebuilding the wall, and the enemy comes with attack number one the attack of ridicule and criticism. The attack of ridicule and criticism. I want you to know that when the work of God advances, Satan is not happy. He is angry. And in his anger, he will seek to stop the work through ridicule and criticism. They ridiculed the Jews. They laughed at them. They scorned them. They despised them. You know, there's something about our flesh. We do not like to be mocked. We do not like to be laughed at. We do not like to be scorned or criticized, and we have a tendency to take it personally. Do we not? By the way, we live in a world of ridicule and criticism. The Bible tells us in the book of Jude that in the end times, there will be such a disdain for authority, a contempt for it, a mistrust of it. And the symptoms of that are all across our nation. And those those thoughts that permeate this civilization have even crept into the thinking of the church, to create a spirit of distrust, a a spirit of criticism, and a spirit of ridicule. The Bible said, "He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and a shame to him." But we are now on ready. We are ready to to make a comment, to interject our opinion without ever knowing the facts or bothering to establish that what we've heard is true. Ridicule and criticism. How do we deal with it? Well, we deal with it the way God prescribed through the book of Nehemiah. We deal with it in prayer. Look in verse number four. Chapter number four. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. What did they do? They committed it to God. They committed the criticism and the ridicule. They committed the reproach and the hatred and the strife. They committed it to the Lord. That's a great thing for us to learn to do, is it not? The temptation is to get involved, to get engaged, to make a comment on a post, to set the record straight, to tell them what we think. That's the temptation. When ridicule and criticism comes. And we all face it. But Nehemiah resisted the temptation. Why? Because they weren't called on to get in, in, engaged in that battle. They were engaging in a far greater battle. They were engaging in the battle to get the walls built. And so they resisted the temptation. They avoided the temptation of participating in an angry exchange with the enemies of God. You know, when I see Christians <clears throat> in the public arena who are acting in an ungodly fashion because of their commitment to God's word. I see people who are doing far more harm than they are good. Because we're not to get involved in the hateful exchange of this world. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to the task of getting the gospel to a lost and dying world. We're bringing the terms of peace to the enemies of God. And we accomplish far much when we avoid the temptation to get embroiled in those battles, and we keep our eyes on what the Lord has given us to do, and we learn to seek God in prayer. Well, here's the second form of opposition that came. Number one, ridicule and criticism. We're all going to face it. We're all going to get it. Don't be surprised when it comes. It hurts. It stings. But we're going to get it. Number two, threats and intimidation. Threats and intimidation. The devil is a bully. In chapter 4 and verse 7, But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites And the Ashtonites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up. So now the work was, it was talked about. They didn't like that. It started, well, they certainly didn't like that. But now the wall is, is, it's visibly being repaired. Progress is being made. The breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth. You thought they were mad before? Now they're really mad. Verse number 8 and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. So now there are threats and tactics of intimidation. As I said a moment ago, Satan is a bully. Uh, when, when Nebuchadnezzar wanted to, to force everyone to bow to that image, he, he brought in uh, some influential people. By the way, beware of the influencers. Beware of the influencers. They are controlled by forces beyond themselves. They have sold themselves for that status. Their messages are consistent. Beware of the influencers. And they threaten and they try to intimidate the people of God into conforming. But we will not conform to the doctrines and teachings of this world. By the grace of God. Threats and intimidation. When you hear the music, bow down and worship the golden image. Thankfully, these three boys had the courage to stand, the conviction to stand. May God give us that courage and conviction. Don't you know that those three boys were praying for God's strength in that moment? Well, what did Nehemiah and the people do? Look at verse 9, chapter number 4. Nevertheless, we made our... Would you say that word with me? Prayer unto God. They tried to threaten us. They tried to intimidate us. But we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night. You know, that's what we need to do. We need to set a watch. We need to be vigilant in our own lives. In our own homes. In the lives of our children. And we need to pray. Number three, we find in chapter 4 and verse 10 through verses 23, and here we find the attack of the devil in the form of discouragement and destruction. Discouragement and destruction. Satan will do all he can to discourage God's people in the work. Chapter 4, verse 10, and Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. They were tired, and the task was, it seemed to be impossible. It's hard to build a wall when there's so much rubble. When there's so much rubble, you can't walk through it. I don't know exactly what tools they had at their disposal, but uh, I don't think they had uh, one of those great big Caterpillar bulldozers and dump trucks there for them. That probably wasn't available. Maybe horses and mules and carts, those type of things. But they were doing manual labor. And there was so much garbage to deal with. You couldn't even move through the streets. Remember, Nehemiah, on his survey trip, had to get off of the animals that he rode. He couldn't navigate it. So much rubbish. Oftentimes, we think, this is too hard. This is too difficult. What what? What difference can I make in this task? Satan will seek to discourage us, and he will seek to destroy us. In the middle of their discouragement, when they said, we're not able to build the wall, in verse 10, verse 11, and our adversaries, boy, they're listening, they're listening. By the way, be careful what you say. The devil wants to hear what you have to say. Our adversaries said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them, and caused the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times. for their messaging was consistent, wasn't it? From all places which ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Now there are Jews, people who are supposed to be co-laboring in the battle and in the work. They are now communicating the message of Sanballat and Tobiah. By the way, don't become a participate a participant in spreading the devil's message. Amen. Verse 13: Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall and all the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers, And to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Call on the Lord. In the midst of the battle, when fear begins to overtake you, when you're discouraged, when the the threats of the enemy are coming against you, when you see their activity, remember the Lord. He is our source of strength. Look to Him. Take your eyes off of them and set your eyes on him. Quit talking about them. Start talking to him. And allow God to give you the strength and the power that you need to prevail in this battle. Remember the Lord which is great and terrible. He's a mighty God. No man is a match for him. His purposes will not be overcome. His, his work will not be defeated. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Satan can foam all he wants to foam. He can, he can groan, he can threaten, he can bully, he can seek to intimidate. But Jesus has won the victory over the devil. Amen. Remember the Lord. And fight for your brethren, Your sons and your daughters. Your wives and your houses. Gentlemen I want to say this to you. There is a lot at stake tonight. I want to say to the leaders of this church. There is a lot at stake tonight. And may God help us. Not to go wobbly. But to stand strong. In the battle. And look to God. Well there is a fourth tool. In chapter 5, in verse number 1, there was a great cry of the Jews, a cry of the people and of their wives against their brethren the Jews. For there were that said, We, our sons and our daughters are many, therefore we take up corn for them that we may eat and live, some of them Some also there were that said we have mortgaged our lands, vineyards, and houses that we might buy corn because of the dearth. There were also that said we have borrowed money for the king's tribute and that upon our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children. And lo, we bring into bondage our sons, our daughters to be servants. And some of our daughters are brought under bondage already. Neither is it in our power to redeem them. For other men have our lands and vineyards. Here we have mistreatment of brethren. The mistreatment of the brethren and division. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. The Bible said we're to prefer one another in love. The Bible said that from time to time, when you and I suffer wrong at the hands of another brother, that we should, because we love Jesus so much, and we want the gospel to go forward, and because unity is so important to us, that we should be willing, if need be, to suffer wrong and take it. That we should not, of course, mistreat one another and abuse one another and that we should preserve the unity of the church. One of the great secrets to the power of the New Testament church in Jerusalem was their unity. You study it, look at the phrase, one accord, one accord, one accord. What did Paul uh, admonish the saints? He said, when he admonished them, he said, be of one mind. When he spoke to the church of Corinth, he said, be of one mind. We need unity in the church and we need to pray that God would preserve unity you say pastor do we have disunity not to my knowledge but I certainly don't want to open the door for it either and I know that Satan is coming against us and therefore we need to pray for unity I know that from time to time sinners when we get together intentionally or unintentionally sometimes harm one another not meaning to but it happens does it not a misunderstood word or maybe a sharp word that shouldn't have been uttered an offense taken how do we guard against that through prayer through prayer well that leads me to a fifth thing in Nehemiah chapter 6 Another attack that Satan launches against us. In chapter 6 and verse number 1, Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left therein. (laughs) There's no gaps in the wall now. It's not completely done, but there's no gaps in it. He said, At that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. That Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. It sounds like a bad place to be, doesn't it? The plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. You know, we need discernment these days. Discernment. That's a gift we need to develop in the church discernment and nehemiah and the people were discerning they thought to do me mischief verse 3 and i sent messengers unto them saying i'm doing a great work so that i cannot come down why should the work cease whilst i leave it and come down to you yet they sent unto me four times after this sort and i answered them after the same manner Boy, the devil's persistent, isn't he? Verse five, then Sanballat, his servant, then Sanballat rather, then sent Sanballat, his servant, unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Now he's got a letter. You didn't know Facebook uh, was was, uh, around in those years, right? An open letter for everybody to read. Verse 6, wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king, according to these words. Here was the rumor. Here's what they were saying. Uh, You know what? Uh, We've heard that you're trying to set yourself up as the king here. That was a lie, was it not? But they thought it was true. Now they perhaps knew it wasn't true but it didn't matter to them because they could say it in an open letter for everyone to read. Verse 7. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem saying there's a king in Judah and now it shall be reported to the king according to these words come now therefore and let us take counsel together. Hey, let's get our PR people involved. We'll have, we'll talk to the king for you. Let's sit down, let's work this thing out. And let's see if we can make this a, 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 a more uh, synergistic plan for all the people of Jerusalem so that we all feel really warm and fuzzy about what you're doing here. You, you know that the God deniers, I'm not talking about politics here when I use this word, I'm talking about theology, the liberals the people who deny the truth of God's Word, do you know that they never build anything? They only seek to tear down what Bible-believing churches have built. They don't build anything. They just seek to tear it down. Why? Because they can't stand the thought that the message of the gospel is going forward and they haven't been consulted about it. You see, as as Nehemiah answered them, you have no portion, nor lot, nor memorial in Jerusalem. He kindly said to them, this is really none of your business. This is the work of God. They said, oh, now listen, we know what you're doing. You're trying to set yourself up as king, but we can help you with this. You're appointing those prophets to preach about you, but that's not what Nehemiah was doing at all. So they said, come on, let's have a meeting. You sit down with us. And, and, oh, no, we'll get together and we'll work this out. But Nehemiah answered them in verse 8. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. You're imagining things. For they all made us afraid. By the way, let me just say this. The devil instigates a lot of imaginations, doesn't he? He is convincing, too. In his imaginative work, he said, Thou feignest them out of thine own heart, for they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to weaken us. I want you to know that in the work of God, the opposition never ceases, it's constant. There's a constant attack against you in your home. There's a constant attack against you and your children. And you're just wondering what's coming around the corner next. There's a constant attack against the work of God. And the devil says, let's make them afraid. Let's weaken their hands from the work that it be not done. What is his goal? What is his end game? It's to stop the work. Uh I love the way verse 9 ends. It doesn't tell us that Nehemiah prayed. It just simply records his prayer. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. A short prayer. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. Sometimes we're so weary, we're so tired, we're so discouraged in the battle. That's all we can pray, but I'm glad that God hears my prayer. And I'm glad that God will hear your prayer. And maybe tonight in the midst of the battle, God is saying to you, call unto me, remember the Lord and fight. And all we can muster from our lips. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. And he will call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I want to give you a sixth one, and we close with this. The sixth attack that Satan launched against him was fear and temptation. Fear and temptation. Someone has said there are 365 references in the Bible that tell us to fear not, one for every day. I haven't done the study. Maybe you have time to do it. Let me know if it's wrong. Somebody will probably come to me tomorrow. There's only 363. That's okay. We'll give you credit. Look at Nehemiah 6 and verse 10. Afterward, I came into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel who was shut up. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple. For they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. What is he doing? He's trying to stir fear in the heart of Nehemiah. He's acting like a friend of Nehemiah's. He's saying to him, Nehemiah, they're going to kill you, so come into the temple. Nehemiah was not permitted. He was not a priest. He was not a Levite. He was not permitted into the temple. He's being invited to violate the clear commands of God in order to save his own skin. You see, Satan will use the tactics of fear and temptation to try to cause us to do something in the irrational moments of our fear that we know is wrong to do. But yet we think we could possibly be justified in doing so because of the fear that grips us. In verse 11, Nehemiah responds and said, Should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. I will not violate God's word. If it costs me my life, he said, I will not go in. The Bible tells us that the saints of the Old Testament and, and in the New, they loved not their lives unto the death. I will not go in, verse 12, and lo, I perceived, here's that gift of discernment again, I perceived that God had not sent him, but had he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him, he was a false prophet, verse 13, therefore was he hired, that I should be afraid, and do so, and sin, that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. My God, verse 14, here's the prayer. Think thou upon Tobiah and Sanballat according to these their works, and on the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. How do we handle fear and temptation? Through prayer. Through prayer. Look at verse 15. So the wall was finished. It's amazing, isn't it? The wall was finished. We've read of six different forms of opposition, six different attacks that Satan launched against them. But nevertheless, the wall was finished. God's work was accomplished. In the 25th day of the month, in fifty in 52 days. And it came to pass when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us, saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. This work, if it is to be accomplished, will be wrought of our God. And what God does, God finishes. And God will enable His people to prevail if we continue to pray. Prevail in your Christian life? Prevail in your home, prevail over the attacks of Satan, and prevail as a church as we learn to pray. So may we be as the disciples and say to the Lord, teach us to pray. I was at lunch with a man, oh, about a month ago, and this man knows a lot of people in this little realm that we call the independent baptist world and he said to me he said brother hooks to my knowledge there are only four churches uh there may be more than that i'd have a hard time believing it's limited to this but he said to my knowledge there are only four churches in our country that are engaged in a building program in the independent baptist churches If that is true, we're one of the four. Let me ask you a question. Does the devil like it? Is he going to oppose us? How are we going to prevail? Only one way. we got to pray. And over the last three weeks, the Lord has made that so clear to your pastor because the attacks have come and they will continue to come they're coming against you they're coming against your children they're coming against this church but by the grace of God the work will be done and God will get the glory and we share in the victory